0: Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So, Adam, congratulations.
1: Congratulations. Yeah, what
0: about those Astros?
1: Oh, yeah. They won the World Series. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that yet. No,
0: no. 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 That happened
1: a few weeks ago. It was awesome. Yeah, Tell
0: tell us about baseball and your family and the Astros.
1: Oh, man. Well, my um, father... Grew up in Houston, mm-hmm. uh, right outside of Houston, and he, the Astros were always r- important for him. Um, he his one of his first jobs as a teenager was selling popcorn in the Astrodome oh, when it first opened. Great. He was there for the, he was there for the first game that the Astros had, uh, um, and so it's kind of always been a part of life. Like we've just been big fans to the point where my big rebellion as a teenager was declaring that I was no longer an Astro fan. <laughs> <game>. um, but <laughs> that they, was the big rebellion. That was the big rebellion. Yeah, I was I was kind of square but so when they they've always been losers, they've never won a world series. Um, and what what we said, we always agreed that if they ever went to the world series, we would go to a game. They have been in one other world series, but we had tickets to game 5 and they got swept in 4 games. Um, oh, so man. this one we were oh. determined to go. And we still thought they were gonna lose. We were convinced they were gonna lose. But yeah. we got to go to a game. It was one of the longest world uh, games in World Series history. It was an awesome, oh, that awesome, is so amazing cool. game. Which one
0: was it? Which it was one did game you go to game
1: five. Uh, uh-huh. it was on a Sunday night. I had clients on Monday afternoon <laughs> and got up I had to I basically got two hours of sleep that night. No way. And came back. But <laughs> yeah, and then we saw we were on the phone when they won it. It was just a. It was an awesome, awesome thing for my oh, dad and for his I'm family. i so and, happy for you. Um, it's kind of all our family. His family's from Houston, so aunts, uncles, cousins were all super pumped and excited, and <laughs> so it was. It's it's kind of amazing. He he cried a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. He teared, oh, he teared up. So I did, did. I did you? a little bit did too. You? I teared yeah. up. I'm not gonna. It was no, it's just sports, but it was um, it was very meaningful. So it was it was super exciting and for so. We're about for about a week week and a half, I got almost no sleep because the games would end at like one thirty, yeah. two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And and so it was. I'm still. I think I'm still recovering. Uh-huh. I'm still recovering from that. But yeah, it was pretty oh, exciting. That's,
0: that is so neat. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I followed great... you on Facebook a little bit just to see how they were doing because i i don't follow baseball much but yeah do you follow other sports too or are you a sports guy
1: yeah somewhat but the the astros are definitely the the most that's the they're, one. they're the ones that we that we follow the most so it's kind of a it's a legacy that's gotten passed down from my dad's dad was a big astro fan and um took him to games and then my dad took us to games when we were little, and some when my, my kids were born. That's some of the first conversations we had was when were they going to get to go to their first Astro game? <laughs> oh, and so,
0: you and your dad yeah, talking about that,
1: talking about our kids. So. And
0: and when do they get to go? Have they gone yet?
1: My oldest two have got to go to a game. Okay. Um, my youngest one has not, so he'll and he's the only boy. He's the only Ooh. grandson from Ooh. my dad's side. Ooh. So or for on my side. So and we'll be planning a trip. For sure. So, Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, that's a legacy that got passed down. But we're talking today about the intimate legacy. Yes. Right? And the yes. sexual legacy that we leave um, to our kids, which is not something that most people think about, right? They don't consciously think about, but they do. One way or another – you're going to leave a sexual intimate legacy, right? Right. Whether um, they
0: think about it or not, it's still happening,
1: right? So, uh, what are some of the things that, when you think about that, that you want to leave to your kids? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are some of the ideas of uh, what kind of legacy about sex do you want to leave for them?
0: You know, obviously, this is my field and my work, and you know, I've based my whole life on this being a really important component of marriage. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that life without you know, a good sex life, you know, a marriage without a good sex life is kind of dull. Hmm. And I think that it it's problematic uh, yeah. in terms of really sticking power. So I certainly want to leave for my children the sense that this is very important. Yeah. You know, I had a girlfriend, too, whose mother told her, you know, sex is the best part of life. And I thought, wow, what, what a great message for mother to daughter. And even though I have sons, you know, one thing I've told them, I think it's important that whoever you marry, whoever you decide to be with, whether, you know, they just partner together or whether they actually marry, you know, it's, you got to be attracted to that person in the beginning. I I hear a lot of people who get married and say, well, I was never really attracted. And maybe that's rewriting history, you know, and we can talk about that. And I think, you know, in those cases, attraction can grow or can be repaired. Mm -hmm. But I I also hear people who say, well, you know, they were just a good person. And I decided that, I would marry uh, or, you know, it was the middle of the engagement and they no longer wanted to have sex. And I I just think, you know, it's so important that that really should weigh in in Mm -hmm. terms of a a real consideration that this physical life is something that adds to joy the rest of your life and adds to partnership and is glue, you know, keeps you together. So so,
1: sex is good. Sex and, is good, and attraction is important when choosing yes. a, a partner and a mate. Yeah, absolutely. I think on the flip side, and you can tell me what you think about this, but I want my kids to know that sex is vital to a relationship, but it's also not the only part of the relationship. Right? That it's that you can't focus on the sex part to the exclusion of the other part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I think in some cases we could swing that too far. We could swing too far on both sides, in my opinion, and say that attraction is all there is, um, right. and sexual chemistry oh, yeah. is all there is. Versus swinging to the other side and saying that it's not that it's not
0: important yeah, at all. Please right? don't hear me. That I think attraction is the most important thing. Right. I think it's important as a component, but I don't think you have to, you know, find somebody who's this you know, super beautiful or super handsome or super sexy. I think you have to be attracted to them. But, you know, there's always somebody better looking. And this next generation, really, one of my criticisms is that they feel like almost that that quality to the exclusion of other things, like good character, sense Mm -hmm. of humor, hard worker, you know, good sense with money, all that. You know, they put that aside and they say, you know, are are they hot? And and I think that that's a crazy way way to make a choice yeah that's
1: an extreme i think too yeah Yeah. but
0: i agree with you too i mean obviously sex and our intimate emotional life are so entwined you know we can't just focus on one thing to the exclusion of the other
1: yeah and i think and i think when you do like it really stops any progress on either side like i think if you focus only on the sex side um, then you're really shooting yourself in the foot and the the things that you need to do to be able to grow that sex life by focusing on the other part as well um, doesn't happen. Or if you focus just on the emotional side and give up the sexual side, I think those things just have to be h- held in balance with each other and that is going to progress things on both sides mm-hmm. um, of the I, occasion. And that's what I, that's the, partly what I want my kids to understand as well.
0: You're right. And I think as a sex therapist, you know, 90% of how we solve sexual problems is by uniting people intimately, emotionally. Hmm. I mean, very little of it, honestly, comes down to people don't know, you know, how to put something into something, you know. (laughs) What is it? Tab into slot B, (laughs) A tab into slot B. Like they don't really know how to do that. I mean, there's a little bit. There's a little bit of technique and there's a little bit of information that can serve to be helpful to people. But by and large, where people get stuck is it's in a power struggle, and yeah. they just play it out on the field of sexuality. And that's, you know, an emotional issue. It's a maturity issue. They, they need to learn to hear each other and be empathic with each other. I mean, that's what solves sexual problems. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah, I think the other legacy that I want to leave is that sex is work, right? I mean, that it's not good automatically. It is a process, and it can get better but it, it it takes work and effort to actually make that happen. Right. That's that's an understanding that I think a lot of people don't go into committed relationships without understanding that and it can cause them problems. Right.
0: Right. It's almost like if they the better the hotter the sex is when they go into the relationship sometimes unfortunately you know that they don't realize how much it takes to get there. And you know, I would say honestly in my own personal experience you know, we have worked at it and it is much better. And mm-hmm. so I, I have tremendous hope for people that working at it can create something that is more intimate and more passionate as you grow in marriage. It does not have to decline. It doesn't have to decrease in, in any way. It can actually get better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do, do you think that people have to kind of define what what they want their sexual legacy to be? To their kids?
0: Well, I think consciousness, right? I mean, in consciousness, it would be like we define what do we want, how do we want to raise our kids, period. I mean, so many people just are raising kids. They don't really think about, okay, what's an end goal? I had a girlfriend who she was a great mom, and she had an end goal. You It was like I want to raise self-confident, independent children. And so every decision she made – she essentially weighed that against her end goal. You know, will this increase their ability to be independent? Will this increase their self-esteem? And, and she believed that proper limits and stuff and learning that a, one choice here or one choice there resulted in something, you know, and helping her children learn that was important. And so, you know, her household was run without a lot of anger, you know, with a tremendous amount of planning but there was an end game. And, and I know those kids, you know, as they've grown up. I, I know about them and that they did end up with high self-esteem and being able to make difficult choices. Yeah. But I think it's the same sort of thing with our sex life. We, we, we certainly don't want our children in on the details of our sex life. We right. want them out of the bedroom, absolutely, lock on the bedroom door.
1: Boundaries around it. Boundaries
0: yeah. around it but there's something that translates to a model that gets stamped on their bones when mama and daddy are deeply intimate with each other, when there's heat.
1: Mm. Yeah. And that comes through, right? And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're talking about is like, we rarely think about what that legacy is, but we have to understand that we are leaving one, whether we want to or not. And so being Um, thoughtful about it and like you said um, being conscious about that is going to get us a long way so we're going to come back after the break right and we're going to talk about how this is how we actually do this how it gets communicated in some ways that we can actually leave a good intimate legacy for our kids Okay. wanting sex again How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson.
0: Technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy.
1: Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Matthews, and I want to welcome you to Matthews Counseling. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We believe in people, specifically that no two people are alike, and therefore they need solutions that are unique to them. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. At matthewscounseling.net, we strive to help make the first step easy. There, you will find our blog with some great resources from our therapist. You'll also find a link to our client portal where you can schedule directly with our therapist at your convenience. We offer free 30-minute consultations either in person or over the phone, so the first step is at no cost to you. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Or again, find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. All right, so we're back from our break, and we are talking about how to leave a intimate legacy for your kids, a Sexual legacy that leads them to having healthy, productive sex lives with their uh, partners and their spouses. Right. So, what's the primary way, Lori, that you feel like this gets communicated? That a legacy like this gets to be left yeah. uh, for our kids.
0: I, I mean, I think most people think that they are going to help their children, their children, in their future lives if they have the sex talk mm. and they do that well. Yeah. You know, the one and only sex talk. <laughs> You
1: know, that gets it gets dropped and then left. Right. Yeah. And
0: I mean, I think that sex should be talked about naturally as the children are growing up, that there's all these teaching opportunities and introducing it naturally. It shouldn't be just one talk. I mean, you should be talking with your kids all the way through properly naming their genitals, talking about the birds and the bees, Mm -hmm. talking about attraction, talking about. You know, the actual mechanics of sex and where babies come from and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. But I don't think that that is as important as the, the sex life that we have with our partner. Yeah. You know, that is something that is stamped on them unconsciously uh, more than anything we say. I mean, if right. we say sex is a beautiful gift and we're not sexual with their daddy... You know, it it the kids are going to know that there's some hypocrisy. That they won't feel it.
1: Yeah, it won't be authentic or genuine.
0: Yeah, right. I, I mean, I often ask, especially women who have low libido. I and I say, you know, if you were to tell me, and who say, I just don't care about sex. And I said, what if your daughter told you this? You know, she's 36 now, and she's telling you this. Would you be happy for her? Would you think that that was enough in life to think that you know this is how it turned out for her, and that's okay? you know or would you want something more and this is the way you help her get something more yeah um i you know they some of it is a developmental problem oftentimes the mother being pregnant the one often nurturing literally with nursing the children and stuff she has lowered libido whereas father is often you know having a lot of drive and optimism in life as he gets rewarded outside the home during those critical months if not years when yeah. mother is you know overwhelmed by the task of growing and nurturing a new baby and so sometimes that kind of depletion carries over developmentally and she never kind of gets it back and what the children see is mother is depleted father has more stuff and so especially a girl child who is modeling after her mother there's not this joie de vivre you know about about life and about sexuality because libido is a life force it's yeah. about something that enlivens us from the inside
1: yeah and i think a lot of people um might think that they're keeping that secret from their kids right if there's not if there is no heat if there is no into sexual intimacy between them and their and their spouse that they're keeping it secret from the kids because they don't share those details like we talked about, they, mm-hmm. you know, they keep, they feel like they keep that boundary pretty tight, but those kind of things bleed through. Absolutely. Right? It, it It's not something, it's like kind of how, you know, when somebody likes you or doesn't like you, uh-huh. right? I feel like, I feel like you just know that, you know, somebody's being genuine with you most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're trying to talk to your kids about if, if the sex is just informational and it's not a, a feeling, I think they're going to remember the feeling long past they're going to remember the information. Right? right.
0: And I mean, sometimes people who are living in real sexless marriages tell me, I don't think our kids even notice. And mm. I mean, I do think there's something for people staying together for stability in their family and in their children's lives. But you don't think they notice. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't see mama and daddy not holding each other and touching each other and kissing hello and goodbye and, you know, smiling in a special way across the room, you bet they notice. And I think it creates a lot of insecurity in children.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they just, they, they then just don't begin to think about relationships in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. I think uh, I have a lot of people think back about the messages that they that got communicated about sex from their parents. Then a lot of times it's just, well, I never thought about my parents in that way. Yeah. Like it, 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 it just seemed like they they were not having sex. Right. Or they it, it, it there's a void there. There's a vacuum there mm-hmm. um, that that exists. And so it becomes a, it becomes a challenge in their own relationship and their adult relationship to think about relationships in that way.
0: Yeah. Right. I am remembering one anniversary we went away and I think our oldest was in college and we were just going away for the night to a hotel and and the the other was in high school maybe the the youngest was in junior high i can't remember but they were like what are you guys going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like um you know get some dinner <laughs> watch a movie you know i yeah. mean it, it was like there's just you know they don't want to think about that right yeah. i mean that's just kind of gross to think about your parents in that way it's the, the incestuous taboo takes over and you can't see your parents as people. And yeah. But, you know, but I think hopefully they felt the warmth and affection and saw a lot of that growing up. So they knew that. And I think that from that deep, intimate renewal that we have in our sex life— that spills over and we're touching our children. You know, Mm. there's affection. I mean, I I really think it's sad because I always take an inventory of people's family of origin as I'm trying to figure out their, their problems in the marriage. And I think it's sad when they say, well, they were really affectionate with us, but we never saw them kiss. We never saw them hold hands. We never saw them touch or hold each other on the couch. And I mean, certainly there are some families where their sex life is still alive. But... Overall, you would expect you know a spillover in terms of the way they handle each other uh the way they touch each other in public, you mm-hmm. know if they're alive together in their bedroom,
1: yeah, I think that is so important, and a lot of times I think couples get put off when their kids do the whole ooh gross thing when they're <laughs> they're um doing uh when they're having any kind of uh physical displays of affection, but man, like I, for me, I want my kids to be un- to. I want to push past that and allow my kids to be uncomfortable with that uh-huh. because what they're really saying, like it's it's teaching them something about what relationships look like and about desire and what desire looks like, right? And even how to how to pick a mate in the future, right? Is having somebody that desires them and um, wants them and makes moves toward them, right? And so I think being conscious of the fact that. Even at times where there's maybe conflict, that being physically affectionate with their mother um, in front of them becomes very, very important, right? She Absolutely. should she should be the one I you know, when I go around to kiss everybody bye before I leave, she should be the one that I kiss the longest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she should be the one I hold on to the most. She should be the first one I kiss when I come home, right? right. And greet when I come home. Right. Right. Um, and I think there's something that, special, yeah, there it's it, it is it's partially defining her as different from the rest for my relationships with my kids, but also as somebody that I want to be with um, the most.
0: And you know, developmental theory talks about that uh, in psychology that some of why children say ooh, and they're they're so upset by parents displaying affection to each other is that they recognize, this is something that they are not a part of. Mm-hmm. This is a mystery that happens between the grown-ups. And, uh, and I realize just for the record, I know I've been been really heteronormative today. You know, I I do celebrate people who are gay and have children, and I, I believe that that's a right. But I think that the children developmentally feel cut out of it, and they should. They should feel jealous. They should feel that something is missing for them, that they don't have what their parents have with each other. Of course, mm-hmm. they shouldn't. But it's something that that emptiness inside them drives them toward partnership.
1: Right. And and I think that, that it allows them to feel left out in a good way, right? Yeah. So they should feel, left, they out should feel that, left out of that system. And it, it keeps us from our our marriage being given over to our kids oh, right yeah. which is so very important
0: the child centric marriage
1: yeah i mean they there is so family child centric family yeah but it's so easy for the when you have kids for that to happen and for it to to bleed over into them and being all about them and everything starts to revolve around them it's like this this is an aspect that does not and it's healthy right it's healthy mm-hmm. for them to understand that it's not about them because it it allows them to go into um, relationships a lot more secure, right? Yeah. I do believe it's part of secure attachment to be able to feel left out and it be okay.
0: Yeah, people tell me all the time, you know, my kids are in soccer and they're taking piano lessons, but we don't have any money for date night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? In 20 years, it's going to be more important that you spent the money on date night and that you had something alive and vibrant with your partner Your kids will be more grateful for that and for the impact that that has on their childhood than the piano lessons. I I promise you. Absolutely. Because you are laying down something for their future happiness, their future relationships.
1: Yeah. They're going to have less relationship um, trouble and issues, right? They're going to be able to form relationships better because of what you're doing now. And
0: and I think that's the legacy of the family Mm. is its intimacy. It's a demonstration of intimacy of how we get along you know how we how we give and receive love that's the most important thing people get out of family
1: right. and it's so motivating too right it's so motivating for our relationships now uh, it motivates me to work harder at my relationship with my wife when i'm thinking about am i having the sex life am i having the intimate life um the is my intimacy with her what i would wish for my children right right uh, and sometimes it's hard for people to think that way you know to think of their their small kids as one day being you know sexual adults but i think we have to i think we have to when we think about is this what is my relationship i'm having what i would want for my kids mm-hmm. and if it's not i need to start working at it it's mm-hmm. it's it's much more motivating and it, it gives some 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 real push to push through difficult things.
0: Sure, sure. You've been listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy, and we're talking about the sexual legacy that you leave for your children. And this is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.